1: Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to HeartBlend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian. And today we're going to enjoy a wonderful conversation with one of our new guest speakers. So I hope you're excited and we're ready to dive in. If you have any questions or want to know more about the guest speaker, definitely go to the description box so you can get to know who they are and check out all of what they have to offer. So definitely stay tuned and we'll get started right after this message. Hello, I am here with Victoria Short, author of Finder Mini Pumpkin. I am so excited to hear more about what she's going to say. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. I am so interested and intrigued by all of your wisdom, what you have to share today. But if you could share a little bit about just how you got here and a little bit about your background, that'd be awesome.
0: Sure. For many years, I was a high school English teacher Mm -hmm. and my students were enamored with the literature once they had warmed up to it. But oftentimes, especially in the beginning of a unit, they would say, well, you know, Shakespeare, that's great and all. I'm sure I'll I'll need it. Never. Um, (laughs) Maybe in a few college courses. But could you tell us something that would be useful for real life? Oh. I, I like, okay. um, and I always tried being the dutiful English teacher. I was always trying to bring it back to the literature itself and I said, "No, you don't understand. The 36 dramatic situations are all here. It's all relevant." And they're like, "Okay, but what about when I'm trying to get my license? You know, what about when I'm trying to apply for a car loan? How is William Shakespeare going to help me there. So we we started a little tradition on Fridays where I would take 10 minutes of class Mm -hmm. and we would go over life lessons. At first, I tried somewhat successfully to tie it to the literature, the story, the unit that we were doing at that point. But at Mm -hmm. some point, it just took on a life of its own Mm -hmm. and I let it become this organic little thing which was advice for navigating life. And the kids really looked forward to it. And so it just started. It gained momentum. I shared it with parents. I shared it with students. I shared it with the administration. Everyone knew what I was doing. And they were all very supportive. So it became part of my teaching routine.
1: Oh, I love that. I love accidental success stories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is awesome. And I'm sure that truly did make an impact on your students as well.
0: Well, years later, they would come back to say hello and and tell me what they were up to. Mm-hmm. And rarely did they mention, I mean, they enjoyed me as a teacher. They said so. Perhaps they were just being nice. I don't know. But it wasn't the literature that came up mm-hmm. primarily. It was, the, it was the life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and their favorite was the one called Find Your Mini Pumpkin. So when I retired and suddenly I wasn't getting up at 4 a.m. Um, I didn't have a full schedule. I didn't feel like I had an identity anymore. I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? What's my next act? I thought, let me go back and compile those lessons into a book. My students had always encouraged me to do that. And I always said, oh, no, the magic's in the moment when I'm here with you. And uh, suddenly I thought, well. So much for magic in the moment. I have nothing but time now. Maybe I should take their advice and compile the lessons.
1: I love that, and I'm sure maybe they can get that book and they can read it and they can reflect on it, and it just kind of brings it full circle for for them.
0: Yes, they're they're starting to discover it. They're following me
1: on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So I'm interested to learn more about this mini pumpkin. What does that mean? Well, it became this kind of living metaphor. Every fall, I go into my
0: local grocery store And I get those mini pumpkins. They're technically gourds, but I call them mini pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't like regular sized pumpkins, but there's something so delightful about the little ones. And so I would pick up a couple and bring them into my classroom and I would just gush over them. And my kids were like, "Okay, Miss Short, (laughs) perhaps you need a life. <laughs> um, but I said, no. <laughs> I mean, look closely. I'm like, look how beautiful they are and portable and there's such symmetry there and and they they weren't sure about it, but they, you know, I had half an ear and I I said, "I don't know what it is about this little pumpkin, but it makes me smile and it just reminds me to slow down, take a breath and be thankful for all the blessings in my life." And I said when I put it on my desk, um, and I glanced down at it, even if I'm you know, not having the best day, I glanced down and I kind of smirk and I kept going. And I said to my students, you, you can do the same thing when you're listening to me prattle on and you're wishing you could be in physics class. <laughs> Just look at the little pumpkin and remember that you, know, you are loved and we're all going to get through this together. Um, and then they warmed up to it. And then it wasn't long before kids were bringing me mini pumpkins um, and they would make them, they would crochet them. Um, they would make them out of pottery. So creative and so heartfelt. And I, I have them still, you know, they're all around. I have a very small studio apartment and it's decorated with all these mini pumpkins from school. <laughs> but I, I just, I just love it. And they, they finally got it. Um, and I often say to people There are many things for which we are grateful and we should be our friends and family and health. Um, I said, but the mini pumpkin is more about those serendipitous little things that just make you smile. And sometimes when we're having a bad day or we just want to remind ourselves that there's joy
1: on the journey, that little touchstone can do it. Mm, I love that. And I actually have little like mini pumpkins. Now it has a whole new meaning. I usually just put it up for fall decoration, but now I might keep one on my desk. <laughs> and I told my students too, I said, you know, if the mini pumpkin isn't doing it
0: for you, that's okay. If that's my little thing, I said, but there's something that you treasure and it may not even be something that you can hold. It might be a song. It might be a memory. Um, it could be a keepsake. It could be something seasonal. It can be anything. Um, It's unique to you, and that's why I encourage people to find theirs. They may find a mini pumpkin. Um, I often talk about the elusive blue pumpkins, which I love too, but it doesn't have to be a pumpkin at all. It can just be something that reminds you of the joy in the journey.
1: Mm. I love that. That is so cool. And I love that they are so supportive and like, maybe it wasn't their thing, but they knew it was your thing and they wanted to support that and show their level of appreciation and gratitude for you. So that's so cool.
0: Yeah. I was always so touched when they put in those little keepsakes.
1: I mean, um, just delighted. Oh, what were some of the best life lessons you shared with your students?
0: I got a letter once from one of my students when she graduated and she said, I've been waiting all year to write you this letter, but I wanted to wait until the end. And she said, you know, oftentimes you probably don't even think about the lessons that you give and the long lasting impact, she said. But I want to tell you about one particular day when she was one of my AP students. I, I taught seniors primarily and a lot of honors and AP students, and they are so anxiety-ridden, wondering, will they pick the right college? Will they get into the right college? Uh, Will they choose their major? And all this pressure. And one day I had given this lesson and I said, listen, to be perfectly honest, I didn't find my way to teaching until my late 20s. I was pushing 30 before I realized what I really wanted to do with my life. I had tried half a dozen careers before. None of them had stuck. Um, I said, but it's okay. That was that was my journey. And none of that was wasted. And I said, here you are. I know some of you sitting in front of me, you're 17, you're 18 years old, and you're worried about getting this right. And I said, please stop worrying. You don't have to have it figured out in your teenage years. It doesn't really matter um, to me. And I still believe this, that it doesn't matter where you go to college. It matters what you do when you get there and how invested you are in the programs that they offer and the relationships that you forge. So you're not going to get this wrong. And if it takes you a while to declare a major or you want to change majors or you want to change directions, that's okay. That that's part of figuring it out and you don't have to be fearful. And I said for heaven's sake, I want you to enjoy your senior year. This is what you're going to look back on years from now. Mm -hmm. Don't have it filled with anxiety about things that you really take it from me. Don't need to be worried about. And in this letter, she just poured her heart out. And she said, you know, I needed to hear that on that day. It changed everything. It changed everything. And I thought, wow, Um, if it only changed everything for that one student, it was worth it. And I'm sure there were others that it may not have been that particular lesson, but it was something that resonated. Um, I know that I, one of my lessons, I talked about trusting your intuition Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't matter if you can explain it away. Um, you don't have to, but it's something speaking to us that is saying, you know, you need to leave the situation or you need to go towards the situation. Mm -hmm. So many students have come back and said, you know, I was in a moment and I heard you Mm -hmm. and I left and I thought, wow, that's really powerful. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I mean, that's that's all you need right there to get, you know, we don't have to have all the answers, but there's just like this instilled nature we have within us that I think we forget about, you know, like our intuition and I think we overestimate or underestimate rather just how much we can subconsciously have a knowing before we consciously know things. So that's really good advice.
0: I tell students all the time, adults too, um, trust yourself. The answers are within. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for the answers out there. Um, And there are people that can be mentors and give us wisdom and it's good to keep an open mind. But so often the answers are, Within us, we only have to listen and to trust.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I know another portion of your message and your wisdom is to embrace more on the self care side as well. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I looked to my own experience, even while
0: I was teaching. And I shared this with students. I said, you're young. So before you get into routines and before you get into the hamster wheel, think about where you are, what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's so easy to forget to be mindful because we get into these routines. We have so many commitments. We feel beholden to people, um, friends, family, employers. I said, I used to I'm not a morning person, never have been don't think ever will be. (laughs) I tried, gave it a good, uh, gave it a good go. But I used to get up at 4.15 because my school was 45 minutes away. There was always a line at the copier. You had to get there early just to get your lessons in place and feel like you were ready to face the day. And so I always felt when I woke up in the morning, there was this sense of dread, And I don't even to this day know why, because I loved what I was doing, but getting out of bed, facing the commute, you know, going to school in the dark, often coming home in the dark, never really seeing the light of day. uh, I just got into this routine of like, oh, this is going to be awful. And if you say that to yourself, guess what? It's going to be awful. Mm -hmm. And so once I got where I was going, I was fine, but it was that commute. Um, And there was a time where I was teaching in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I was commuting there from Pennsylvania. And and that was a horrendous commute I talk about in the book. And everyone around me looked really angry, but, you know, we were all racing to get where we were going, but everyone was convinced they were going to get there first. And I thought, what are we doing? And so I say to students, you know, it's worth it. You don't have to quit that job, but you just have to think, how are you spending your morning How are you greeting the day? Mm -hmm. Um, A dear friend of mine always said, you know, you should frame your day as I get to do this. I am privileged to have this career, this job, meet these people. I'm privileged to have a car that can get me from A to B. So rather than making it a horror where you're greeting the day with, oh, no, reframe it. And if you can't change the commute, then change the morning routine. I carved out time to make a cup of coffee. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I used to grab it on the way. Mm -hmm. And then I said, no, I can carve out 10 minutes, you know, to to drink the coffee in peace, petting my cat, reviewing what I'm doing for the day, rather than having my hands on the steering wheel and trying to grab it. Mm -hmm. That little change gave me such reward in creating a morning routine that embrace the day rather than acquiesce to it. Mm. And I wish now I had made more of those changes. And I always say to students, before those habits become hardwired, think about what you're doing, where you're going, and, and why you're doing what you're doing. And if you're facing the day with a sense of dread, then something needs to change. And it probably doesn't need to be that drastic.
1: Mm. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I'm not, it's like, I am a morning person, but I'm not a morning person. Like my brain works really well in the morning, but the, to get the motor running and starting, I'm like, ugh, (laughs) why? (laughs) So I totally understand. And, and again, you think back, it's like, it's not that bad. It's not like you're, you know, going to, I don't know, build some cement wall or anything i mean (laughs) you're okay you have you know you have what you need but yeah i agree just looking at it um from a more positive perspective and i like what you said about just focusing on what you get to do the next day because i think that's having some sense of reward or just something that gives us that little light that little piece of joy for the day, keeps us moving.
0: Yes. And there are the unexpected rewards, especially in my teaching career, I mean, kids say the darndest things. Mm-hmm. They are so funny. They are so insightful. Um, they are savvy, but they're not jaded. Mm-hmm. So they have a healthy skepticism, mm-hmm. but they're still carefree. And that combination, um, especially with juniors and seniors, as they get to the end of their high school career, I just love that part of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm a part of that life. And it doesn't matter if I'm teaching the lesson five times that day, they're going to be different reactions. And these serendipitous comments that are just so hilarious or so profound or poignant. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's a gift. I know it's coming. I don't even know when or from whom, but how could you not be excited about that?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I, I think, um, I think when you're at that age, there's just so many possibilities, and you don't know. So it's exciting because you don't know, but it's also kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get through it, and you're like, it's not that scary. But then I think also you realize how much more work and effort, you know, and you know <laughs> the routine and the structure that you have to have. So I think it starts to diminish that sense of like woo possibility because it's like oh well this is it I <laughs> you know, just don't want to adult today
0: you know exactly. and, to. um, and, and of course and I fall prey to the same thing and I, I just want to remind myself as well as other people that you know and it's okay and we can be cranky and we have the whole <laughs> range of human emotions we're gonna go mm-hmm. through them all but just to you know bring ourselves back center ourselves. And that, that whole self-care piece, I think, is so important. I think self-care, sometimes these phrases become buzzwords and oh, then yeah. people throw them around. But, but it is really important. It's t- mm-hmm. You can't be there for anyone else if you're not there for yourself. And if you're mm-hmm. depleted, then you won't have anything to give that those others that are important to you. So it really does start with yourself.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we're the foundation of our lives, our realities. Everything else is that extension from us um, and the way that we relate to it, we associate it and all of those things. and so uh, it's so important because if we're not you know there for us, we can't really be there for anyone else and and give our best so
0: exactly yeah, um,
1: so that's very important, absolutely. Uh, what are some ways that people can find their own mini pumpkin? Well, I have, um, I thought about that. And some of the ways that I've
0: come up with, and I talk about this on my website, is um, go back, if you have keepsakes, look at things that you're keeping and why you're keeping them, especially like everything in in my apartment has to be an inspired choice because it's just so tiny, you know, Mm -hmm. so everything has to be there for a reason and serve a purpose. So, but there are some things that I will just never get rid of because they have sentimental value. Mm -hmm. That can be a pathway to finding your mini pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I think that daydreaming, is such a wonderful activity. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's just, you know, a waste of time. It's not productive, Mm -hmm. but it is because when you daydream, you allow back in those possibilities that came so readily when we were children, but not as readily as adults. And you start to connect with the things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I think daydreaming is a good way um, to find out. Another way that I've suggested, which may seem a bit strange, is To People always have a favorite color, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so many hues within that color. Mm -hmm. So I say, go to your local hardware store. You like blue, you like purple, you like red, you like yellow, whatever it is. Get all the swatches in that color range Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and take them home and pick the one you like the best. So it's not just having a color you like, but the perfect hue. I'm not saying you have to go home and paint a wall that color, (laughs) you could, but start looking for that color in your day-to-day life. Because when you're looking for something, it'll appear everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a perfect shade of yellow, you'd be surprised when you know what it is, it actually has a name, you'll find it everywhere. And you'll be like, wow, it's probably been here all along. Mm -hmm. And I never even realized. Those are the ways that you kind of find your mini pumpkin. What do you talk to people about? What do you love when people ask you questions? What's the question you love to answer and go on for hours? You know, it's just finding your passion and then finding something that connects to that passion. So it becomes a metaphor.
1: Mm. there,
0: There you go.
1: Wow. I like that. I never thought about that, about the color part and yeah, there there are sure. there's like millions of colors <laughs> when you look yeah, at it cool. i mean and
0: everyone has a favorite you rarely ask someone who says eh nothing in particular usually people are drawn to something yeah. and so that can be a very like easy pathway to mm-hmm. to finding out what makes you happy
1: mhm and sometimes they have like fun little names to the uh like swatch colors like oh, if you go I to love the paint those. Section.
0: That's that's probably somebody's job somewhere. I know what a cool <laughs> job. <laughs> there, there, that reminds me of, of a bunch of teacher friends and I. We always talked about we wanted to start a greeting card company. And I, I know over the past you know ten or fifteen years, greeting cards have have really become much more creative, and they have like these little niches and very mm-hmm. specific audiences. Um, but we just thought, yeah. Like that's a job we should be doing. Somebody's got that job. Somebody's coming up with all the color names. <laughs> and um, for every product names and things like that, I-, I just think that would be a cool way to go down a marketing path. It sounds like so much fun.
1: It is. And, you know, sometimes it sticks. Like I painted my guest room and then I-, I couldn't tell you if it's, you know, uh neutral beige or whatever but the name of it was cappuccino froth and mm-hmm. i just remembered it and yeah. so um i think it serves another purpose of it's like people are not going to remember like code pound c3 two something they're going to remember <laughs> <laughs> a catchy phrase and they'll come back and buy more paint <laughs> exactly. so very smart uh whoever decided that that was a good idea it was uh, pretty bright absolutely wow so in regards to the mini pumpkin how can we like once we find the mini pumpkin when's the best time to really reflect on it or to kind of bring ourselves back into center when we have certain moments when should we use these our quote-unquote pumpkins
0: I say anytime, but the best time is when you're feeling overwhelmed.
1: Mm,
0: because okay. I know when I would get overwhelmed. And here I was, you know, with a skill set and being an adult, and I could mm-hmm. still and still do fall prey to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm probably increasing the anxiety just worrying about things that haven't happened yet. You know, <laughs> the anticipatory <laughs> concerns, and it's yes. never as bad as you think it's going to be. So you know, and we're, I always say to and especially to my students, worrying has no return. It, mm-hmm. It's not a solid return. That It's not an investment that's going to pay dividends. You're just going to worry and then you're going to do what you're going to do. And the worrying hasn't made you more focused or more mm-hmm. compassionate. It's probably made you less focused and, and less patient, if anything. Mm-hmm. So don't think that worrying shows that you're concerned or that you, you know, that you care. Um, it's robbing you and, and it's really not repairing or establishing relationships. So I say when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's probably the best time to kind of seek out your little mini pumpkin. And again, it could be a memory, it could be something physical. Um, I have a tiny, tiny little uh, ceramic. Um, It's like the size of a quarter. This little, And I put it in my purse. So I I, usually have my purse everywhere I go. So if I like, need to really like, if I need a tactile moment, I can just reach in there and go, okay, you know, take a breath. You're going to figure this out. It's okay. Half of what you're worrying about is not worth worrying about. I mean, for me, that statistic is always true. That Mm. I'm worrying that things are going to fall apart, and they're fine. And even if they did fall apart, well, you know how to put them back together. So it's (laughs) going to be okay. Um, But that is, and I think if people, um, if parents would encourage their children to do that, um, I think that would start a great tradition. We've we've all been through the ringer, you know, with the pandemic for two years Mm -hmm. and so many changes. And for some, it's been a struggle. For others, it's been a time of awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and time to examine their lives. And I, I say to people, especially my students, and they of course don't remember, but I said nine eleven was very similar. I said mm-hmm. it was a tragic time. Um, there was a lot of heartache, and you know we hold that in our hearts. But for a lot of people, they started reexamining where they were and said, you know, life is short and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Am I doing what I love? Am I with the people that I love? And if the answer is no it's time to do something about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So sometimes it can be those, those wake up calls um, can be helpful, but the mini pumpkin is kind of a softer reminder. <laughs> it's <not> so jarring.
1: <laughs> yes. To bring us back home. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, no, I love that. And I think you can apply that in so many ways. I think it's very grounding, you know, we, especially if you um, deal with anxiety, which, uh, most of us do. But <clears throat> if you have any type of anxious moments, I think that's good to just have something to hold, bring you back into center. Um, but also, I mean, I'm like a doodler sometimes. So I mm-hmm. could like doodle whatever my little pumpkin is. And I think that'll kind of help me to calm and focus. So I really like that. You know, a
0: lot of my students were doodlers. And I always encourage that because I knew they were listening. And that mm-hmm. was helping them to process. Mm-hmm. Um and we, we had little stress balls sometimes. I talk about one of them in the book, which was this giant plush peep that the kids used to mash. And I'm like, yeah, you can just <laughs> give it a, like, a sound mashing and you know, put it back so somebody else can use it and I'll clean it and don't worry. But you know, sometimes and I was like, I hope it's not me. They're like, no, no, it's not you. I'm just having a day. But again, it was just relieving the stress and it works and it, it works. It's, it's the same theory behind um, something that really captivated me when I was much younger was the Guatemalan worry dolls. I thought, Ah. what a genius idea. You know, you just assign one a worry and they'll hold it for you, you know, and it'll be there if you want to take it back on again, though. I don't know why you would, but I think that was kind of the introduction to something that could remind you to get outside yourself. And I, I always remember those. And every time I see them um, in like craft shows and things like that, I that's a fond memory too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so good for us to do these things. So even though they sound so basic or elementary, I think, you know, we have like this blueprint That's created in our childhood where we did these basic things. But Mm -hmm. when you do it, it just brings you right back to your, you know, your original self in a sense.
0: That's something it's interesting because a comment I get a lot when people read the lessons or when students hear the lessons is, you know, I knew that it just was nice to be reminded. Mm -hmm. It was nothing. Oftentimes it's not brand new information. Maybe it's just a new perspective. Mm-hmm. A new way of looking at something. They're all things that, that resonate. Nothing is coming as brand new information. But sometimes it's just nice to be reminded.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what would you think would be the best lesson for you right now in this moment in your life?
0: I'm trying to live life without regret. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing pretty well. hope to keep that up. Um, and that's something the best, you know, you start that young, which is, um, and I have a litmus test. I talk about it. I said, if you want to do something, you should probably do it. And the litmus test is if the worst thing could happen is a felony conviction, then you don't do that thing. Um, but if the worst thing that can happen is you get embarrassed, you should probably do that thing because you don't want to live your life and then 20 30 years down the road you say wow if only i think that's one of the saddest things if only i had spoken up if only i had asked him out whatever it was you know so you get rejected so things don't go your way but you'll never have to wonder and you can say yeah i did that you know it didn't turn out the way i wanted to but boy i did that and i'm i'm glad and I, I think that's powerful at any age. I know um, where I am now. I I want to embrace that and live the lesson that I'm trying to teach, which is to be adventurous. Um, you know, there's, there's a place for caution. Of course, you don't want to, you know, throw caution to the wind. You want to be reasonable. You want to be measured, but you also want to listen to your heart, and I think that probably is the best lesson.
1: What are some lessons that you wish you knew when you were younger?
0: One of the lessons I wish I knew, and I've already spoken some about we have more autonomy than we think, but I always used to, I was a sensitive kid. Um, I was, Mm. well, still am an introvert. Um, And I liked to listen and take it in, but I would often take in the emotions of everyone around me, you know, sensitive people and introverts tend to do that. Yeah. You're taking in all this energy and you're like, Oh dear. Um, But oftentimes I would get stuck in my own head. That's something introverts do. Um, It's something I certainly still do. And when I was much younger, I just tended to think that if I was in a bad mood, then I was in a bad mood because the universe, I don't know, thought that I should be, or there were things (laughs) that were telling me like, well, you don't deserve to feel good today. So just ride it out and hope for better tomorrow. And I, it was so strange. I don't know when along the journey, I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I, I, of course I have the power. If I'm, if I'm feeling depressed about something, either I can identify what it is, or I can just think about things that are uplifting and chances are, I'm going to forget about why I was feeling sad to begin with. I mean, there are certainly times in our life when we're dealing with crises and grief and and things that are real and certainly are going to bring us down. But sometimes you're just having an off day and you can't really figure out why. It's just meh. And I I never thought when I was younger, I had much control over that. I just thought, well, it's Hmm. one of those days it's going to be meh. and, And hopefully tomorrow will be different. Not realizing that so much of the power in determining how my day was going to be was right here in front of me and and what I chose to concentrate on um, and how I chose to navigate the world, how I chose to be in it. And oftentimes when I stopped isolating myself, because sometimes when we're not Mm -hmm. feeling, then we retreat. And that can be good if you need a break, but oftentimes now you're really stuck within your own head. Um, If I would just go out be with people. Even if I wasn't with people, I love being in nature. I love hiking. I love walking. I live in an area where there are a lot of parks and areas and natural beauty. And I would just take a walk and look at the beauty around me and go, oh, okay, things are good. It was very, very simple. It was very, very subtle, but I I don't know when it finally occurred to me that, gee, I have the power to do that. And I sometimes think when I look at students And I know there are a lot of students that deal with anxiety and depression. Um, And the the world is not the same. I mean, I know everybody says that, you know, it was a simpler time back then, but it really was a simpler time back then. It
1: really was.
0: (laughs) Social media, you didn't have things you comparing yourself to or trying to compete against. Mm -hmm. And I see what they're up against um, today, and I see them getting mired in it. And I'm like, you don't have to be there. And I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize trivialize how you're feeling, but I'm just saying that you can change the narrative. And Mm -hmm. if someone had said that to me when I was 15, I think it would have been an easier road when I was younger. I mean, I I still, I had a wonderful childhood and, you know, have no regrets, but I know that I internalized a lot of things that I didn't need to.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm very similar. I think we have very similar personality um, types or styles, but I'm very similar in the sense that I was a very sensitive child. I'm sensitive now, but I've learned so much that I'm a lot more empowered and I know how to utilize that sensitivity for, you know, something beneficial versus just allowing myself to be consumed by my environment or people's emotions or reactions to things and letting that overwhelm me and then shutting down because it's so much. Right. So that is, that's really a very good lesson or just a good, um, you know, words of wisdom, especially for that age because you really feel powerless but you it's all an illusion.
0: Yeah, and it's think of kids, I mean especially if they're not driving yet. They're like, I don't get to choose anything. You know, I'm living under mm-hmm. my parents' roof. I can't go where I want to go unless they take mm-hmm. me there. But the the most important decisions, your emotional well-being, those are all from within. Yeah. And, and and it can make a huge difference.
1: Mm hmm. Yes. And that's a really good point. I never really looked at it from that perspective of the sense and I get it because I have a, a younger sister who's who's a senior in high school. And it's this mindset of thinking, I don't get to do this, or I'm not allowed to do that, or I can't do anything, but not really looking at it from the perspective of those things that you're wanting to do are actually response. It's extra responsibility, but that's not actually inhibiting what you are in control of as far as your, how you're perceiving things, how you're reacting to things, you know, and those things get bigger with more responsibility. Yes. You're just going to have more opportunity <laughs> to control your mind with bigger responsibility. So that's a really good point that i had never thought of before. So I'm glad that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, it's really a trade off. I mean, I do love the freedom of choice right. that, that being an adult gives, but right. I often hearken back to those times when life was simpler and somebody was mm-hmm. making some of those decisions.
1: Yes. I
0: wasn't ready to make them. <laughs> it's a good thing somebody else was.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh, please, someone else make these decisions now for me. <laughs> so they're really in a good space because they can just blame someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you> can, kid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's awesome. So moving forward, how do you feel as far as like how you've grown over time? And is there like something that you wish you you know now that may come later on? I know we, we can't really do that, but something that you wish to know later on?
0: I think I – one – one thing that I would have changed and I hope to learn as I go on is um, I think all of literature, not everyone agrees with me, but I think all of literature asks this one question. It's, it's the recurring question. It's it's all about identity. You know, who am I? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? And what am I meant to do? And mm-hmm. sometimes when we are, when I was gainfully employed as an English teacher, I I had my purpose but one of the mistakes I may have made is I identify my whole identity was being a teacher. Mm. And I think in some regards, once a teacher, always a teacher. But when I left mm-hmm. the classroom, it's like, oh, well, who am I now? You know, mm-hmm. I, I no longer have that identity to kind of wear as a cloak. So, that when I go through the world, people know how to respond to me. Well, it's interesting because when people find out I'm an English teacher, suddenly they're watching their grammar. And I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake, we're not worried about that. <laughs>
1: <was> like, oh, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> an English teacher, because you can tell if they had a good or bad experience when they were younger. But yes. I like, <laughs> as I walk through the world now, I want to write. I want to speak, I want to explore, I definitely want to do more traveling. I did so much traveling in my 20s and 30s. And somehow, mm. you know, in, once my 40s hit, I just became responsible. I don't know mm. why travel got cut out. That That's nothing. You know, <laughs> Global citizen is being very responsible. So I want to get back to that. But I want to reimagine who I am as a person. Because I think I kind of relied on that teacher moniker a little too much. And I think this is now an opportunity to embrace other things that I can do.
1: Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, It's almost like that um, space we're in when we're younger. We're like, okay, I don't know what's coming, but there's possibilities, there's opportunities, there's something I can create outside of what I already know. So I love that for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's true. I mean- and with all jobs and careers, while you have creativity, there, there are also structures in place and there are obligations. Well, now those have fallen away. So I have only myself to look towards. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. possibilities have always been there and they continue to be there, the question is, will I grasp them? Will I pursue them? Um, and only mm-hmm. I can answer that. But I, rather than being daunted, I'm, I'm trying to make that transition to being excited about it mm-hmm. because I get to really create this life and I still have to adult and I still have to be financially responsible, <laughs> but you know, I can figure a way I got a skill set. Um, it's, yeah. it's time for me to put it to the test again.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear back from you a few years from now. I'm like, what are you up to now, Victoria? <laughs> That's so fun and exciting. I love that. Well, I truly enjoyed this conversation, and I think it was just so many little golden nuggets in there that even for me, I'm like, I needed to hear that today, or golden pumpkins, I should say. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, Lindsay. (laughs) I enjoyed it too. Absolutely. So how can someone get in touch with you or find your book?
0: Well, my book is available on Amazon. Um, I do have a website where you can sign up for my newsletter, and that's at Short dot com. And if people would like to connect with me um, on Instagram, because my students have certainly figured out how to do that, (laughs) 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 they can reach me at at author Victoria Short. So all the same. Author Victoria Short will get you where you want to go.
1: Keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, thank you again so much for your time. And I hope you have an awesome day.
0: Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.